Hey, I'm your host, Dr. Alicia, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and this is the Dr. Alicia Podcast. So what's the lyrics to your life, love, and relationships? Sit back, relax, or take notes, and let's explore. Please note that this podcast should not be a replacement for therapy. For information about how to find a therapist, see the links in the description. This episode is brought to you by Registry Bridges. Registry Bridges introduces a new concept for your shopping experience. Their boutique provides exquisite jewelry, accessories, event decor, and gifts for all styles and all occasions. Visit Registry Bridges today at www.registrybridges.com. Be sure to let them know that Dr. Alicia sent you to receive a special discount. Welcome to the first episode of the Dr. Alicia podcast. For the entire month, the weekly conversations will be centered around fatherhood and men. Since June is Men's Month and Father's Day is June 19th, as well as Juneteenth. Now, I have spent over a decade in research and in clinical practice attentive to the needs of fatherhood. So I'm really excited to explore conversations dedicated to educating and empowering fathers in the lives of their children. Today, I'm going to talk about the importance of fatherhood. I want to start off by sharing an insert from my dissertation. So bear with me and don't fall asleep. It's entitled Intergenerational Patterns of Fatherhood. Black fathers' physical presence in the home and involvement with their sons and the impact of father figures. It's basically exploring the relationship a man had with his father and how it impacts the relationship with his son, while also including the role of father figures. If you would like to read or buy a copy, the link is in the description. It's a great read and a piece of work that I'm extremely proud of. Only my blood, sweat, and tears are wrapped in the pages. Okay, the insert states, The history of fatherhood in the United States has changed over the past several decades. In the 19th century, it was customary for fathers to be in the home and involved with their children. However, historical events have created demands and strains, thus limiting their involvement. Historically, white fatherhood has been highlighted and studied from the viewpoint of white middle-class scholars. Yet white family norms applied to the Black family structure limits our understanding of Black fathers because the two racial groups vary on employment, education, economic status, and opportunities. All of these factors may impact fathers being physically present in the home, involved, and developing a relationship with their children. There is also a discrepancy in how some Black men and fathers are viewed in social media compared to what is reported in fatherhood literature, which may misconstrue our perception of Black fathers. For example, some negative stereotypes in social media portray Black men and fathers as criminals, predators, dangerous, short-tempered, uneducated, inattentive to their children, and invisible to their families. 
There is also more attention in the literature on involvement from Black fathers who are low income and uneducated. Some fatherhood literature reports Black fathers as highly involved in activities, caring, and emotionally in tune with their children during early childhood, while others report fathers as being absent and uninvolved with their children. These misconceptions can hinder Black fathers and families from receiving resources, support, and advancing in society. And this paragraph goes to show the importance of who is telling our narratives, the story of Black fatherhood. This is why I'm so passionate about fatherhood, specifically Black fatherhood. Another insert states, to address the problem in understanding Black fatherhood and families, attention is needed toward how Black fatherhood has developed and changed. The course on fatherhood, life trajectory, and conceptions of fatherhood has historically concentrated on white fathers from the perception and understanding of white middle-class scholars. This perception limits our understanding of Black fathers' subjective experiences and perception of fatherhood, which is problematic when attempting to generalize across ethnicities. Catch this. There are social historical events that have changed family structure and shaped Black fathers' role in the family, such as slavery, post-slavery, emancipation, civil war, and the Great Depression. And we know there are so many more social historical events that have happened since the Great Depression that I do not have time to address in this podcast. Okay, so I believe fatherhood is a cultural, multidimensional construct that is constantly evolving as the expectations of how a father should behave, it changes. Every father, regardless of ethnicity, will parent their child differently, right? Some fathers would do the same thing their father did, while others may decide to parent their child completely different. They'll either model or compensate that learned parenting behavior. Now, we know that fathers play an instrumental part in the family system as providers, protectors, leaders, teaching morals and values, and engaging in activities with their children on a daily basis. Regardless if they live in or outside the home, their involvement and relationship with their child is essential to the development of children. From childhood, when their attachment styles are bonding and developing during adolescent years when they're forming more of their identity, in young adulthood when they need more guidance and validation in making decisions, as well as that support, and through older adulthood in what we call the sandwich years when they're caring for their children and parents. Healthy fathers are the cornerstone of healthy families. Now, I know we tend to think about the invisibility of fathers and their role in the family as not pouring into their children as much and not parenting alongside of the mother. For example, when children are not feeling well, they're needing help with their homework or having issues at work, they tend to run to their mothers, right? But what do children run to their fathers for? Hmm. Now, I'm going to come back to that question. Now, at this point, I wish I could insert that song, Who Can I Run To, by the group Escape. But of course, that song is about romantic relationships. So, okay, I digress. (laughs) 
First, we must debunk the myths because there are children who do go to their fathers for nurturing and gentleness, whether they're single fathers or in a two-parent home. Now, later in the month, I'll discuss more about gender roles, but fathers are more than just the traditional decision makers and the disciplinary. And we see that from understanding the trajectory of fatherhood across ethnicities. We can look at household TV shows that displays different fathering styles. So do you all remember the shows Family Matters, Leave It to Beaver, The Cosby Show, Full House, All in the Family, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Home Improvement, Modern Family, The Brady Bunch, Sanford and Son, Happy Days, Good Times, Growing Pains, My Wife and Kids, and my mama's favorite, The Andy Griffith Show. (laughs) So the way fathers are represented in TV shows have even changed over the years. While some may have taken on that traditional patriarchal father roles, we also saw the co-parenting father, the distant breadwinner, and the hands-on father. Yet the provider role has been the most consistent throughout history. Fathers have a long-standing impact on everyone's lives. We feel their absence and appreciate their presence. As mothers and as children, we know. So switching gears a bit, a clear example of societal appreciation is a display of Mother's Day versus Father's Day and the differences in how society caters to honoring parents. For mothers, it seems as though there's more commercials, sales on gift items, dinner specials, even the cards are more warm and fuzzy. However, for fathers, there's a small corner in the store dedicated to ties, socks, (laughs) coffee mugs, and tools. We must do better. Because what message is that sending to fathers and the children in prioritizing externally who's more important? And no, we don't have control over how it's marketed, but we do have control over how we respond. We must be intentional. We must go out of our way to make fathers feel special, knowing that it would never take away from the importance and feelings of what only a mother can provide for her children. That there can be this both and that we can provide gifts to our fathers, words of appreciation and affirmation, quality time spent, acts of services, hugs and kisses. And these are all the love languages because fathers want to be seen, acknowledged and heard. So again, what do children and adult children run to their fathers for? Now I think they run or walk (laughs) to their fathers for parental guidance, to solve problems, as a physical fixer, for calming down when in distress, for encouragement, advice, to learn a new skill, for love and validation, for nurture, for laughter, and the list goes on. What did you run to your father for? Or a father figure? Or respected man? How did he help? Or not help? What did you need? What do you need more of? Or maybe what did you need less of? I do recognize that this question may be triggering for some people who may have lost their father, 
unaware of their father or did not or do not have a relationship with their father? If so, take a moment and think about what you might need right now. If you need to pause and come back to the podcast or take some time to find a therapist to further explore, do just that. As I mentioned earlier, we feel their absence because we need them and appreciate their presence because of what they do and who they are is valued. We know that research shows that children growing up without their fathers have a greater risk of issues of drug abuse and alcohol use, poor self-esteem, poor grades, an increase in defiant behavior, poor psychological well-being. So again, we feel their absence through these negative outcomes. And we also appreciate their presence of fathers and father figures. And father figures are pastors, uncles, older brothers, coaches, cousins, neighbors, family members, stepfathers, friends. Research shows that having a positive father figure will contribute to positive emotional and behavioral outcomes. In fact, one result from my lovely dissertation (laughs) showed that Black fathers reported feeling closer to their father figure than their biological father, which is extremely interesting and powerful because it shows that having a positive male in your life matters and will have an opposite reaction to these negative outcomes that I mentioned when your biological father is not present. Did you have a father figure or respected man that you trusted or was able to be vulnerable with growing up or right now? How did they step up when your father wasn't around or parent alongside your father? And these questions can also be directed towards your children and their relationship with their father to further explore. Does your child have a father figure or another positive male? Because we know it takes a village to raise a child, or what I like to also call community parenting. Now, we also have to make sure we adhere to boundaries in those community parenting. But we all need support systems. If you see a need, fill the gap. Be men and fathers of courage and accountability. The children and mothers need you. Now, from my extensive research, I know the intergenerational patterns of fatherhood is the legacy, and we must create healthy and satisfactory relationships that will enhance the family connection. In the next week's episode, I'll begin addressing three of the 11 components of father involvement. And the first three that I will touch on are father's accessibility, which is basically are you there and how close, positive and negative engagement. What does the quality time and interactions look like? So what's the frequency and intensity of that relationship? What may be some barriers to fathering? And I'll share some tips for improvement or just things to increase your awareness, which will then hopefully turn into behavioral changes. Because fathering doesn't stop at age 18. It continues throughout the lifespan. Let me repeat that. Because fathering does not stop at the age of 18. It continues throughout the lifespan. Okay, I'm going to end this episode with a letter poem I wrote last year. Yes, I'm a poet, 
<laughs> and yes, I just made up letter poem. So here it goes. Dear fathers, your experiences are real. Your feelings are valid. You are needed and valued. You are seen and you matter. Your wisdom is a gift. Your patience is a testament. You are brave and courageous. You are imminent. Thank you to all the fathers and father figures. I hope you and the world sees how important you are. This episode is brought to you by Registry Bridges. Registry Bridges introduces a new concept for your shopping experience. Their boutique provides exquisite jewelry, accessories, event decor, and gifts for all styles and all occasions. Visit Registry Bridges today at www.registrybridges.com. Be sure to let them know that Dr. Alicia sent you to receive a special discount. 